0: DAW Nation, welcome to this week's episode of In The DAW with Exog, breaking down his song Rise Up, that was released on NCS. In this episode, you're going to learn about how to make trap music inside of Logic Pro X, how to layer your bass synths, how to combine the relative major with the relative minor of your song, tuning your drums to the key of the track, and the best contact libraries for acoustic guitars. And by the way, this is the last time that we are uploading an In The DAW episode to Multiplier's YouTube channel. So if you want to keep learning straight from the source, straight from the producers who are making it in the industry, then head on over to the DAW. Nation YouTube channel. There's a link in the description. You can also just search Daw Nation. But once you're over there, make sure to subscribe and take the little notification bell to be notified of all future episodes of In the Daw and Behind the Daw. And finally, this episode is sponsored by AU5 and In the Daw's sound design course called The School of Bass. If you want to learn more about that, then we'll talk about it later on in this episode. But Daw Nation, let's get into this episode right now. From the very inception of the song, where did it come from? Like how did you come up with the idea to just sit down in a doll and just start like creating ideas? Did you have a reference track? Like how did this start?
1: That was actually a rework of an old track of mine that was unreleased. I think the original was in E minor and I think I switched this one to D minor. But yeah, it all started with the chord progression here.
0: So So you wrote out a chord progression before you did anything else? You got the chord progression down, and then after you did the chord progression, where'd you move from from there?
1: Melody. For now, you have the strings, the chords playing, and then the melody was a pluck. Actually, I have like two melodies playing together. This was a sample. Yeah, I use Isotope Iris 2 for a sampler because the sampler in Logic is not really good, in my opinion, like you have on this one. So I just layered a few samples together. As you can see, I think there was one. Well, there was just one. And then here, there was a second
0: layer. I've never seen someone use Iris 2 as just a sampler. So that's really, really cool. Both
1: together. I think I jump directly to the drop. So you kind of
0: create an intro and then the intro went directly to the drop?
1: No, I first I always start with a um, breakdown generally and then I jump directly to the drop. I kind of create like a quick build up, but then I really focus on the drop first and then I build on the bridge, the intro, outro, and stuff like that.
0: Let's talk about the drop. What was the first thing that you started with with the drop?
1: Yeah, that was the first drop because there's actually two different drops on this track. One is the first one is more bassy and the second one is more like feature bass and melodic with like LFOs and stuff. And I think this one I started with the bass. Kind of sounds like a 303 Brolin type of bass like really distorted. And then I added a vocal chops on top of it. And really quick before you talk about the vocal chops, can you go back to that, that 303 bass just so that we can check it out? <laughs> yeah. So I have three layers. I think the main one is... This this one. Alright, so that's Serum. What basically makes the sound was the distortion. So like if I remove it, it's just the way that's Wavetable. I think it's from Cymatics, the monster four, I believe. Oh, no. Oh, it's like okay. Then I put an LFO on all the layers playing quarter notes. But yeah, what makes the sound is really the distortion that I have here. It's a really similar layer, but this one is the lower one. Yeah, those are straight notes, and it's playing uh, with the LFO. So you get that bouncy feel. You can
0: kind of attribute like the main, I guess, tone or texture of the of the sound to the LFOs and the distortion, right?
1: Yeah, and uh, yeah, what makes this sound was really a uh, Trash too from Isotope, and then there's the last layer that is more uh, phasy. What is Wow 2? That looks cool. I think it's sugar bites, a uh, vowel filter, I think. That would make sense. Wow, cool. All right, well,
0: yeah, let's check this bad boy out. So yeah, go ahead and press play.
1: So, yeah, in this one, there's like more phasing and flanger going on with Volcano and the WoW also. So, that was the foundation of the drop, these three layers together. filter automations going on, you know. All of them are playing the exact
0: same notes, right? Yes, correct. Is that a pretty common strategy for you when you're creating a song? You, you make all of them have the same, same thing?
1: It depends on the song, but yeah, when it comes to the drop, I have like multiple layers playing the same thing pretty much. The main leads sound like fuller. Now we got the vocal chop, is that what we got? about logic is that you can do the, the breakdown effects just uh with a fader, see and you select like fade or slow down. When
0: we we're just listening to the vocals or the vocal chops right there, it sounds very happy and very very major. But your song in the drop does not sound very happy and very major. What's what's going on here? The actual notes that the vocal chop is singing it sounds like it's they sound like major notes, like like happy notes. But the drop sounds you know dank and dirty and ma- minor. Yeah, can you play all of them together? From what I'm understanding, what I'm seeing is something that you've done is... that It's actually something that people do in pop music a lot. Just to clarify really quick, is the the bass notes, they are playing in a minor key, right? Yes, correct. Something that I see a lot, and you probably already know this, but maybe the viewers don't. But basically, it's really, really cool where you have your main elements playing, let's say, the relative minor... And then you have your other kind of like backup elements, I guess you'd say. You have them playing the relative major. Even though it's all technically in the same key, but be, but because certain things are focusing on the darker part and certain things are focusing on the, the the more happier part, it like comes together and creates this really beautiful middle ground of the two. You know what I'm saying?
1: No, oh, exactly. Totally. You know what I'm saying?
0: You're a smart guy. <laughs> Tell me about Exhale, man.
1: Oh, yeah. So that was just a background noise. I think there was like a just a vocal playing a, a one note. So I think the key of the track, I think it's D. Let me see. Yeah, it's D minor. So it's just ambient sound playing in the back. I uh, can play
0: a role. And is that, is that from the exhale plugin? Yes.
1: Mm-hmm. Pretty simple. It's just the uh, ambient sound in the background, uh, to frequency spectrum. And you adds some cool vibe to it too. What's the SD lead? Oh, so that's the sidechain that I have with the Shaper. Uh, so yeah, everything is, goes to the bus one and everything gets sidechained chained uh, with a MIDI, clip here, move on to the drums and the bass maybe. So I have the 808 here, just a sine wave, a preset from Seven Skies. And the thing that I do also to give some space to the kick, remove some attack from the 808 here. Like I see people like side chaining and stuff, but I just go to the plugin and remove some attack. So I'll have some space for the kick to hit. Oh yeah, so we have pitch band automations in the clip. Kind of gives it like the woo yeah. kind of thing, right? Slides, yeah. Kick, we have three layers, bass, medium and top kick. go to the bus i didn't do much processing because i mean they're all working well together just added a portion maybe i added a transient shaper lower one because there was a lot of low i mean the tail was like kind of long so i just like make it shorter with the paper and where where did you originally get the kick uh good question i don't know man uh some simple packs somewhere
0: <laughs> as far as coming up with your drum rhythm do you just go by what you feel or like do you instinctively know where to put drums like how do you
1: go about writing them i always experiment different things and see how it goes yeah most of the time i try like different patterns and see which one fits best with the lead yeah i always make sure to listen to the kick in the mix because sometimes like when you hear kicking solo it's probably gonna sound really, really good but not in the mix what do we have here oh yeah with the bass kick and then the snare that was a snare that i made i think it was just a mix of uh like a dubstep snare with a rim shot you can hear that like tone
0: yeah that's a nice snare i like
1: that that it was in indie uh, which is the key of the song and do you do you do that quite often do you tune your drums yeah always Uh, i use plug in on logical pitch It, it basically like just detects the pitch of the drum or whatever sound you have and then yeah i I pitch it accordingly. Got
0: it. And do you just set it to the to the root note of the of the song? Yeah, most of the time root notes or
1: the third, or even sometimes the fifth, but always in, in key. And why so? Why do you feel like that's important? It just makes the sound uh, the drums. I don't know. I feel like it's easier to mix when they're in key, and it just sounds better to the ear. Simply. Oh, and then there was like some horns on the second part. So, for example So that came from uh, that was a horn from Splice.
0: As far as you writing the drop and like constructing the drop, do you just kind of add it one element at a time? Like you completely flesh out an idea throughout the drop and then you go back and completely flesh out another idea? How how does all that work?
1: It really depends. But like in this case, I wanted the drop to be really simple and straightforward. So I mean, yeah, it was just all about having the right sound but did you just start with one sound and then you flesh that out and then move to another sound oh yeah i think on this one i i was scrolling through like some presets and i had like a similar bass sounds that i had like right now and then i just i think i just remade the bass sound for the bass sound to fit with the song basically
0: cool cool man is there anything
1: else in the drop that you want to talk about some automations here low cut automations reverb automations some pitch bend also going on in the hi-hats. I actually used a, a tambourine instead of a hi-hat. Let me see. And that was it for the first drop. In sequential order.
0: So you kind of made like the breakdown intro part. Then you move to the drop and make that. And then where do you go from there?
1: Then I start to structure the whole th- song. I think I start with the intro. Actually on the intro, I have a guitar riff. So yeah, I bounced it. And you wrote that? Yeah. wanted to have a little intro to be able to play live so the guitar was uh from contact and from omnisphere yeah the guitar from contact which one was that is it the strummed acoustic
0: i bet it was the strummed acoustic
1: nah dang it it wasn't <laughs> <laughs> i don't even rem- remember where i got this from it's called Evolution modern nylon nylon
0: no worries dude i can see that you also have the apollo cinematic guitars those ones are freaking wild too
1: right and do this one too the session guitarist strum acoustic this one is really good
0: uh, guitar chords. And I saw he also has scoring guitars from Heaviosity, which is also freaking beautiful. That That's more so like electric guitar, right? You got some good libraries in here. Holy crap, dude. Here's
1: a piano that I really like is, you probably know it's Una Corta. Una Corta.
0: Oh yeah, dude. That was beautiful. Did you know that they actually made like that? There's only one piano in the entire world like that and they made it. Native instruments made it and then recorded it. It's the only piano in the entire world like that. Yeah.
1: I didn't know about that. That's crazy. They made it just to build a plugin?
0: Yeah, like they like you can go watch the video on on their website, like their promotional video. They
1: actually made literally the entire thing. I didn't know about that. But yeah, that's the guitar plugin that I used. I believe that was the lower one and then the higher one was from Omnisphere. for uh, real uh, sounding instruments contact and atmosphere they're really good okay, so you got the guitar in there anything else in the, in the intro you want to talk about oh yeah I use a lot of atmospheric sounds I get a lot of them from uh, supplies and stuff like that to get that uh, cinematic vibe Actually, that vocal, like ancient vocal, <laughs> or Eastern vocal, I would say.
0: Uh, I think that was from Contact Library. Do you know it from what bank?
1: Oh, was it a, was it freaking uh, Vocalise? Oh, man, I think it was either Vocalise or... Oh, wait, wait. What was that one at the very bottom?
0: No, I think it was Vocalise. What, what was that one at the very bottom? It was like Eastern, yeah, eth- Ethno World. What is that?
1: Like Eastern Voices too, uh, but it wasn't like that. Those, those are like more for like chants and stuff like that.
0: Cool. So you got the intro down. We talked about the breakdown and the drop. What comes next after that?
1: When I was working on the track, I had like the two drops were pretty identical uh, and I found it like a little bit boring. (laughs) So I just decided to switch the second drop. On the second drop though, I still use the bass sound from the first one.
0: I, I like like the future based kind of like synth lead thing you got going on. What's that?
1: So for this here. So there's a lot of automations on this one.
0: Filters, a lot of cuts. As far as filters, is it... Uh, what filters are you using to automate them?
1: Uh, just the Logic EQ. So yeah, we have the 808 For the bass sound, Is the same as the first drop. And then we have the LFOs here. And I bounce them to be... More precise with the reverb and stuff like that. I think there's like four or five layers. There's like a higher layer and then a lower one. Let's see right now. I'm going to play the higher one right now.
0: and both and did both of them come from serum can we check out the the presets of those just to people just want to see the the waveforms and all that kind of stuff good old cymatics coming in for the win
1: so i think this one was cymatics and then i had like a second layer this
0: one was from another bank i'm sure is it pretty common for you to find a preset and then just use the preset or find a preset and tweak it like what's your what's your preferred workflow
1: it all depends like in in a lot of songs, especially when, uh, when they're like vocal, uh, driven songs, you know, they're not really about, um, like really like sound design and stuff like that. It's not like the main focus. It's more like about songwriting. Um. I just go like through presets. I mean, it saves me time, you know, and like I just go to the essential. There's nothing wrong with that. I'm more of a sound design guy myself, but
0: I can I can relate because like, like I think about sound designing risers or impacts and I'm like, that sounds literally terrible. Like that sounds absolutely horrible. And I'm like, I do music because I like it. If you don't like sound design, then don't do it. There's d- there's no reason to.
1: Depends on the case and on the track. Like if I was to make like an instrumental track, like either trap or like cinematic and stuff like that, like I would spend more time in designing my own stuff but if it's more like a song an actual song i'll just go to what's really important you know which is the melody the lead and the vocal
0: yeah it all just comes down to wh- where the time is needed how you're saying like and this is needed in the vocal and stuff like that and, and songwriting and whatnot it, there's a heavy dependency on, on where you want to spend your time you know what i mean like i will never sound design an impact in my life i, I will never create a drum in my life i will never do that. i have n- i hate doing that but i love making bass sounds and so i'm going to spend a heck of a lot of time doing that it's something we have to bring up on like every episode because you know you have the purists on both sides yeah and so it's like guys to guys and,
1: uh, to make your own sounds and stuff like that but again i think it really depends on the project that you have going on and and again like i feel like if it's a song like a, a vocal track i think you should focus more on like songwriting and stuff like that so yeah layer these and then you can hear the reverb automation when there's the silence i bring all the reverb up okay, so we still have the vocal chop that is being cut as well so on the drop was uh, basically a lot of arrangements a lot of cuts automations yeah, i play with the dynamics a lot so there's a lot of parts where it's just the 808 playing and nothing else uh, actually you can see, I see so when i have like the slide i have like a bass drop here and here there's like nothing else playing except uh that and maybe the reverb also
0: to really emphasize like everything cuts out and the one thing shined right <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. and yeah and then uh, a lot of fills a lot of fills holy crap toms and drums stuff like that it's a pretty simple drop basically again it's all about the arrangements after the second drop it's just an outro right yes gotcha
0: and then is the outro does it mimic the intro at all or is it um some no special i breed? just
1: have the some atmosphere sounds with the drums but yeah just kind of like fading, fading up. You know, I made it simple and because I wanted to leave space for the vocals. Where did the vocals come from? So I have two singers on the track. One is Veronica Bravo from Australia, female singer. And then I have the rapper Mime from Canada. She first wrote the lyrics, like the whole theme rise up and then i reached out to him and then he added the verses the rap verses i was listening to an old song i think it was a remix of don diablo from like 2010 or something Uh, but uh, he had um, a rapper in the build up and i really liked that idea so that's where i got the inspiration from for this track because then on this track he'll rap on the build up as well so yeah let's see so yeah i bounced the whole vocal and did you did you process any of the vocals
0: did they come in processed
1: No, I processed the whole thing. Everything you see here, those are all vocal tracks, the harmonies, the leads. And then obviously I processed her vocal differently to uh, the one of uh, Mime.
0: And just, I mean, just looking at it, I saw a plugin called JJP Vocals or something like that. What is that?
1: Uh, That's from Waves. You got to be careful with this plugin because like as soon as you turn it on, like it compresses a lot and the EQs are really strong. So like you got to be careful with that. Cool, cool, cool. So yeah, let's check out the vocals. So yeah, I'm going to Played the bounced version
0: If we are
1: one grain of sand In the middle of the ocean Can you try to understand How a touch can cause explosions Rise up We're too
0: great to be landed Rise up We're
1: too great to be standing
0: from what we listen to right there, what are the different techniques that you use from from processing the female vocal to the to the male vocal?
1: It's just that the harmonics are like different. It will also depend on which part of the song they sing. So for for like he raps on the build-up, So I'll probably like add more distortion to the vocal and stuff like that to add more intensity. But what was your question exactly? Like the difference?
0: Yeah, yeah. So like when you got these two different vocals, right? Like what was kind of the process? Like when you listen to the raw female vocal, you're you're kind of thinking in your mind, okay, I want to do X, Y, Z to make it better. And then with, with the male vocal, I'm sure you also do that. You listen to it, you're like, okay, I want to do X, Y, Z to make it better. Like were they similar with that? Or was it like two completely different things that you're just like- Yeah,
1: different things. because like again they play like in different parts of the song so like for example for the female vocal i wanted something more dreamy because she things in the breakdown so there's going to be like more reverb and stuff like that Uh, whereas in the rap verses he sings in the build-up so it's going to be something more dry and more distorted but uh, then you know the goal is to make it sound good in the mix so uh, obviously you're gonna you know clean the vocals with the eqs uh, the s's, and stuff like that like first i always start with the cleaning process you know always uh, i use also isotope rx to like clean the clicks in the pops stuff like that. Then, you know, I clean the unwanted frequencies with the EQ and the answer. And then I start, like, you know, getting into the mix and start, like, coloring the the vocal tracks with, like, different compressors and stuff like that.
0: From doing these interviews for two years now, I completely agree that it's like by and large, what people say is that is like when they get a vocal, basically it's it's really cool because you treat it just the way like you would if you were renovating a house, right? You go in, you clean up everything that you don't want there and then you add to it. Then you start accentuating what's already there and then bringing things in that weren't there, right? So you clean up, accentuate and then bring in whatever's not there that you want, right?
1: Yep. Actually on the master, I usually have a um, mono plugin that always like go back and forth to verify that my mix works in mono.
0: Make sure nothing collapses and disappears,
1: right? So here I have the lead here and all the different harmonies. A lot of them are like bent to the left, right? Let's play the lead first. And then she recorded different harmonies. Too great to be and then for the rise up, since that was like the hook of the track, she recorded like a bunch of them. Make it, you know, sound like really wide and, and thick.
0: Rise up, rise up.
1: So yeah, you yeah, have like higher ones, lower ones, pan to the left and right. They all go to a bus. And that's what I processed it. I like to use i You ISO just process them all together. For processing that. There's a really good answer. Stepping away from the song doesn't relate to the song.
0: It can relate to the song. Doesn't necessarily need to. Is there any concept in music production that you don't understand and that drives you crazy that you do want that you want to understand?
1: That's a good question. <laughs> Something that I really want to understand. Oh, yeah. I think the hardest thing to do in music production is how to make just a few sound work together. Like I've seen, like you know, big pop production. They only have six tracks, but it sounds like. They're like hundreds of them they all like work perfectly and you know they all like less is more thing and i feel like it's the hardest thing to achieve for sure
0: I see what you're saying. So like sound cohesion, that's what you want to know.
1: I mean, that's something like it takes years to get there. First, when you start, well, you just like layer a bunch of stuff together. And then it takes a lot of discipline to like be able to pick the right sounds that like work together in like just a few of them. So guys, he wants to know about sound cohesion. So if you guys make sure to
0: leave a comment in the comments, if you have any suggestions or any resources or anything like that, that could help us out and help all the other listeners and viewers out, go ahead, leave it down in the comments. So dude, thank you for coming on the show. Did you have a good time?
1: Yeah, dude. It was great. Thank you for uh, for having me for the invites. Hey, Daw
0: Nation. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode of In the Daw with Exod, breaking down his song Rise Up. That was released on NCS. If you found anything in this episode that was helpful to you, take a screenshot right now and tag me on Instagram stories at In the Daw Behind the Daw and tell me what concept helped you out this week. Also, if you really like this episode, not only should you comment and subscribe, but you should also check out the Biometrics, Kuro, Slumberjack, and Fabian Missouri episode of In the Daw that go over extremely similar concepts to what we talked about today. I'd also encourage you to check out our podcast Behind the Daw, where we focus more on the emotional, philosophical, artistic, and business side of music. Make sure to go check out the Dodge and Fusky, Holly, Rogue, Echoes, and Carrot episodes of Behind the Daw. You can listen to them anywhere, like YouTube, Spotify, Google Play, Deezer, iTunes, SoundCloud, wherever you like to listen to podcasts, we're there. I promise, go check it out. And then finally, if you want to take your sound design skills to a whole new level, then make sure to check out the AU5. And in the dark horse the school of bass. It has over 20 hours of videos showing extremely unique and advanced sound design techniques that AU5 and I have gathered over the last 15 years. It also includes a ridiculously huge amount of effects racks, instrument racks, and project files. We have also included bonuses like MIDI arrangement templates of over 70 of AU5 songs so that you can see how he arranged his most famous songs. We also include a sound design journal template so that you can keep track of all the techniques that you're going to be learning. And we even already have it loaded with over 45 different sound design techniques. You also get access to the private Daw Nation Facebook group. And then finally, you get a personal 20-minute coaching call with me where you can ask me absolutely anything. We originally priced out this course at $497, but we ultimately decided to go the subscription route and only charge $47 per month to access all of our content. There's no long-term commitment. You can cancel any time. You can be a part of the school base for one month two months, three months, six months, a year, however long you want, however long you need, it's completely in your control. And when you're done, you're done. That's it. No questions asked. However, we are going to keep updating the course every month with more and more content. But if you're not much of a subscription guy, it's totally cool. We have a lifetime access plan where you can pay $497 once and have a lifetime access to all of our content and all of our future content from the school of bass. So if all of this sounds interesting to you, head on over to courses.inthedaw.net. That is courses.inthedaw.net to go ahead and find out more information on the school of bass. And if you're still on the fence about it, you're not quite sure if this is what you wanna do, no worries. You can take the free version of the school of base. There is a link below for this, or you can, again, go to courses.inthedaw.net dot net and find the information over there as well donation i hope you enjoyed this week's episode of in the da and if you did again let me know either in the comments or by tagging me in an instagram story at in the da behind the da but donation i hope you have a great day and i'll see you on next week's episode